Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Coming at you now, episode two of you, of episode, episode two, episode two of Euphoria. No, don't. We're, we're actually trying to record. Please. It's for the next set. I'm sorry. You can't. This is episode two of Euphoria. We're no, no, trying to take. No, no, don't take the photo of Yankos. We like the photo of Yankos. The set uh, reconstruction is a work in progress. You might stop him from taking anything else. Don't let him take anything else. Just bo- body block him. This is episode two. I'm Dracos, joined by Yamato Cannon. Stop. Don't take any other photos. We need the rest of those. Um, episode two of the season. We're going to be talking about the start of spring split tier list. Um, we'll be sharing some advice for climbing, and we'll be giving you a look at the latest new, definitely not fake Riot product. Got to hedge expectations there. Good job. He only got like three things. Um, and of course, we're working on a new set. So as sadly, as always for this season, there will be some construction noise in the background. Apologies, especially to the headphones user out there, and we'll look to be in our new set as soon as possible. Hey, it's Euphoria, episode two. I'm Dracos, here with none other than Yamato, Mr. Yamato Cannon himself. Hello. Uh, yesterday, we talked about, well, actually, it's also today, spoiler, production secrets. Um, also today, yesterday for you at home, we talked a little bit about the top 20 list. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking a lot about the tier list. Where do we rate the teams as a whole? Before we get into that discussion, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk a little bit about the matches that we're going to see in week one, kicking off with our match of the week, Fnatic versus Origin. Not quite the Fnatic versus G2 that you may have been craving, that we're all craving, but we'll save that one for week three. Instead, we'll, you know, have a matchup between two of the kind of expected top teams. How are you feeling about about this matchup, about this head-to-head, Yamato? Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a tight one. Definitely two of the top teams. Uh, both teams have gone through changes. I think when it comes to the early season, I feel like Fnatic is going to be a slow starter. I think they have a lot of game knowledge and a lot of uh, good ideas and a lot of good people working on this project. But I think at the beginning, they're going to be kind of slow. That's what I'm expecting from this Fnatic. When it comes to Origin as well, I think I think Xerxes is the type of player that kind of jump starts teams. Yeah. So I think Origin has maybe a little edge, but it's going to be a super exciting matchup because it kind of sets the precedent for the rest of the season. The thing that I'm most excited to see, there's, like, there's just two things, right? One is like Xerxes on a perceived top team because I think he's always been kind of like the cusp of like a top yeah. two player, top three player, but he's always been like fourth, you know? And he's kind of like maybe he's scraped his way into third, you know, on the Unicorns of Love or, or second, but it never feels like he's been solidified there and this feels like a roster that can really do that. Sure. And the other thing is we have our first OPL important destiny. Yeah. And that what a, what a way to start the series. You're going up against, as you heard in the top 20 list, <laughs> the undisputed best bot lane, especially coming into the split of all of EU, and he just has to go up against Reckless Hillisang. Uh, that's the danger, man. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know very little about this guy. You know, maybe maybe he's the best support in the world. Maybe he's not. I mean, I doubt like, it. Yeah, I liked his world's plans. <laughs> the world's plans is a very, very different beast. Hopefully no, no stage fright here on the LEC, but always excited to see imports. Definitely not where I expected to get an import from, yeah. but uh, we'll see. Pressure on his shoulders from old Os. Um, uh, Super Troll is kind of tight, right? That's yeah. why they just brought from OPO. That's the only reason, Destiny. Prove them that there's other reasons to it. And prove us, prove me. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. I think no. that's a fair position. But it's it's not just Fnatic versus OG. That's the match of the week. But there's a lot of other matches I think that are going to tell us a lot about the season. Uh, I'm really, really curious about the Schalke games. Mm-hmm. Because this Schalke roster... Is this... Uh, is my read right in that I feel like this Schalke roster has to hit the ground running or it's going to blow up? I kind of get the same feeling. And I, I, the inside scoop is that they kind of have, you know, in terms of practice and what people, the perception. Hit is, the ground running, not blow it up. Is, uh, it's, been, it's been going good. And kind of when you judge this roster as well, it's like they're going to do a lot, of, a lot of wins in the beginning of the season. And then it's going to be like some specific bans, some specific meta shifts going to get in the way. Forgiven playing Cassiopeia, is that going to happen? You know, <laughs> that's a big question mark. And then uh, who knows? I think at the beginning, super exciting. I think if they don't rack up a lot of victories, then it's going to be rough. Yeah, Frost. Origin matchup again. In the previous episode, Frost kind of called them uh, the bar. You know, this is the team that you have to beat to be a team com- really competing, really competing, not just existing uh, in the LEC. We'll see if that ends up being true. A lot of hype matchups in week one. Fnatic versus OG, Schalke versus OG. It's an intense schedule, actually, for OG in the week one. Definitely uh, not how you want to start the season with a brand new roster, but <laughs> someone's got to bite the bullet. And it appears this split, it was origin. But let's, uh, let's take a look at the tier list. Okay. Actually, before we do that, a reminder to anyone at home, uh, there is a special one-hour edition of Ready Check. This is coming out Thursday, so it'll be tomorrow, Friday. 
bonus ready check, double the content, everything you could ask for. It's one hour. It starts at 5 p.m. CET. You love the LEC. I love the LEC. You want to know where we're going to put all our weird memes and humor and bizarre things that have nothing to do with League of Legends? It's in that one hour. That's where you're going to find your Twitch clip highlights to get yourself free karma on Reddit. So check it out. Now we can go back to the tier list. <laughs> there are five tiers. We've done this before. Uh, S, A, B, C, and D. Why do we have an S tier and not an E tier, Mini asks? Because we're positive. Positive <laughs> gaming here. We look at the positives. There's no E tier teams in the LEC. Uh, S is kind of the expected winner of the split. Really the really should only be one team, sometimes two, if both teams are uh, kind of contesting each other for that spot. A is contender for the title. B is, they're probably making playoffs. C is, meh. What, Meh. What's D? Yikes. <laughs> yikes. D is yikes. Okay. Uh, so the idea here is like I'll introduce a tier and then we can take turns kind of pitching teams that we think should be in that tier. Mm. And once a team gets pitched, we'll kind of we'll talk about it. We'll see where they need to end up. Um, and I'd like to start off with the yikes tier. So rarely do we need to come out and put someone immediately in D tier right away. Uh, but I do think that we found the first and potentially only accolade that SK Gaming will win this split, and that is the right of the sole possession of D tier. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. You're with I'm me. I'm with you there completely. Like, so here's here's my question, right? So there's, is this just the clear most objective? Like, we lost the off season that we've seen in like the last year or so. I just feel like they lost their strongest players, and that was Dreams and Selfmade. Yeah. And then it's like the rest and. Um, the sad part is someone needs to be last. And I think SK Gaming is going to be the team that is last. I don't think there's enough strong personalities there. I, I just don't think it's uh, um, exciting enough. Uh, are we rating based off of like the beginning or the whole split, like playoffs? I think, I think let's, let's like start with like where we think they're going to come in at. But, okay. if, but if you think this is a team that's going to step up, I no. think you can note you, you can note that fair, you can well for any other team that you think is going to step up like let's let's yeah let's start it with where we think they're going to come in at this is the okay. start of split but if you want to make the caveat I think by the end of the end of the season this team should be A tier or should be B tier or wherever you think they're going to end up if they're going to crash and burn or rise up through the ranks totally say that because mm. that's important context because when you come out saying I don't know if you put Fnatic in D tier I think people would want to understand what you meant by that right like they would want a little bit more. Um, yeah. I do want to say a couple things, though, about SK Gaming is I think that, like, while they've lost their best players, while on paper it's really easy to put this team down and out, there are still some good names that we know of on this list, right? And to me, I'm still excited about Gen X. I think he, I don't know what your take is on this guy, but I think that when he came into the league, he had some really solid games. Immediately, they were all on Aatrox, but looked good. Or Corky. Came in, showed up, first games, really popped off, really looked comfortable. And while this is not necessarily how you like to start your split, Gen X is a name that I have my eye on to like kind of be a rising EU mid. Is he going to be immediately top five to split? Maybe not, but this is a guy I think has a lot of potential that can kind of rise up. Um, I, I think also Crownshot had some good performances with Dreams, but now like the AD carry pool is so, like, it's so stacked. So it's tough to see him doing anything that is out of the ordinary in, in, a, in a pool that is so incredibly difficult to stand out in. So I think just because of that, it's it's hard for me to imagine much else. But I see you're hedging your bets, you know? Well, I'm just like, I, I want to, no, no, no. Because like, the thing is, is like, don't get me wrong. I'm not afraid to say that I have no faith in SK to win anything. Because <laughs> that's true. But I don't want to, like, I don't want to take that statement and say that every player on this team is bad. Yeah, yeah. Crownshot had some great numbers, very high kill participation, you know, very high damage percent. When he showed up, he showed up big. Um, and Gen X had some opening performances. Trick, I was on the Trick hype train. I put him on my top 20 for last summer. That definitely bombed. That was like, that was a mess of a split. But yeah, that's SK. Does anyone else belong in D tier? Yamato. Well, let's see. I just... Maybe, but not next to SK, you know? Yeah, yeah. There has to be a separate tier. For, uh, the D, it's like reserved for SK. That's how... Yeah, yeah. That's the expectations. And that's obviously harsh, but like, prove us wrong. Yeah. I would gladly be proven wrong, well, you know? Well. All right, so let's get, into the, let's get into the middle of the pack then. I think that's the important thing. Middle of the pack is where I expect most of our teams to be rated. For sure. Uh, so for C and B, you can present either for C or for B. Reminder, B is like, they're probably making playoffs. C is like, meh, I'm not sure. Maybe they make playoffs at number six. Maybe they don't. Um, who do you have that jumps out to you immediately as like a C or a B tier team? So I think uh, like a C level team, I put Vitality. That's the one that stands out the most. Okay. I, I think they're going to start slow and then eventually maybe they'll, they'll get better. I think maybe they can pick up a couple of wins off of the, the back of Kabushad. 
But I think uh, this team is not going to be as exciting as uh, as previous Vitality alterations and the fact that they can maybe contest the best of the best. Uh, no bias at all here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I put them at, at B tier, and I think a lot of that is to do with my faith in Kabashar. Like, you rated him, I rated him, I would say, quite highly, and I'd say you rated him very highly. Yeah, yeah I put him sixth. On top 20, yeah, I think I put him 11 or 12? 12. 12 for me. Um, I think I think Cabo's good, and I've heard good things about the Vitality boys, like the new the new talent coming in, but I think I, ha- I hear like one or two good arguments for every single piece of talent coming in, and it's hard for me to know for certain where they're going to end up. But Vitality, to me, is a team that I think is inside. You got Melitza, you got a lot of good names. Jack Troll is a player who has a very mixed reputation because he's been that intern, but he's also had those like one or two just monstrous thresh games. But from having him on the podcast, he's also a dude with, I think, a ridiculously good work ethic. I don't know if that carried true for you, but that's definitely how he, like how it came off when he talked here. And that feels like a good thing to have when you're bringing so many new players onto a team. I think um, I think this uh, him working together with Comp is going to be very reinvigorating for him. I think this is an opportunity for him to reinvent himself because like the meme was very true that he was at the same time the worst and the best support. And um, I think he always had uh, consistency issues. Mm. I think um, the fact that he's working with someone new with Comp, he worked with Ate for such a long time, I think it's going to be revitalizing for him. And um, it all depends on how they land because the question is, are they going to be able to work together with the jungle? Because this is also something that was a difficulty in the past in terms of how they manage their wave. And Comp and Jack have, do- have been dominating solo queue together, but is that going to translate to the world stage and onto, like the LEC stage uh, in the sense of um, will they be just get caught by jungle? Will they be able to work together with skins? I think that's uh, the biggest question here. And I'm curious from your experience, like you obviously have a lot of, you know, firsthand, you coached this team up until this year. Um, was was Jack Troll like ever a player that struggled to make like good scrims or good solo queue into a reality on stage, or did it never feel like there was that kind of issue or that kind of barrier for him? Honestly, like the translation onto stage was almost never an issue. Like I, I remember many times we had an issue with scrim performances. Honestly, our scrim win ratio was non-existent. Like we we probably had like a ten percent, fifteen percent win ratio, and uh, uh, a lot of the times. Uh, the way I had to sell it was that the lessons are still there regardless of us losing or not, but it did get frustrating sometimes because our losses were kind of just because of inconsistencies. And this wasn't just because of Jack Troll, this was like other people were also involved in this. And uh, uh, I think um, coming into this year, uh, I still think that there's a lot of improvement there. And my big question mark, biggest question mark is Duke. He worked together with Peter Dunn on Splice, right? And now they've gone separate ways. I think yeah. this is so exciting. Like, who was the most who's, impactful? Who's the, yeah, who's know? the actual We can guy. speculate always. We can yeah. speculate because even at the end of the season, we don't know anything, but it's still interesting to see it. Uh, I know that Duke is working together with Mephisto. He used to work with Fnatic. So there's a lot of uh, coaching staff experience there. And at the same time, I know Vitality is making moves to, to improve uh, the structure around the team. And I think that's important too. So I think... As I put them C, I think throughout the season coming into maybe they can reach playoffs, they can clinch at C plus. I think they can, there's a lot of growth there to be done uh, with the rookies and also with the team. So I think this is the plan for Vitality. So really, when we look at it, kind of you know brand new roster, sort of a, a rebuilding year for Vitality. Not much or rebuilding split rather. Don't want to sell them out for summer, but a rebuilding <laughs> split for Vitality. Not huge expectations past playoffs for this team. For sure, yeah, I think that's fair. All right, do you want? I mean. You brought Vitality up as C tier. The other team that I okay, so I put this team C tier, and I'm curious how you feel about this. But I, I actually put Schalke in C tier. I don't, okay. I don't have a ton of faith in Schalke right off the bat. Now, scrim rumors would say this team is coming out the gate swinging, and that would be, uh, you know, like I think that's a reasonable assumption. You got a lot of players there that are very passionate, but I think the other thing, the thing that everyone's kind of got on their mind is there's a lot of also a lot of big egos on this team. There's Odawami and Forgiven playing together again when that was the team that had a lot of problems. That was the team that legendary, legendarily had to stop scrimming to get good again to <laughs> perform in key best of fives. They just had to be away from each other. And that's not the only team that's ever happened to. But um, I'm curious where your head's at with Schalke because they're either, for me, they're either going to blow up and they're going to show up and they're going to smash for the first five weeks or they're going to immediately fall apart. But the fall apart, I feel like, is happening at some point. I think it's so tricky because like, if you look back at Forgiven's career, I think definitely he always had a lot of good impact on the teams he's been on. That's undeniable because when he left H2K and they brought in Freeze, they got a lot worse. Oh, yeah. 
Copenhagen Wolves got relegated without forgiven. SK Gaming got relegated without forgiven. So everything it indicates that my watch was doing weird noise. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Uh, everything indicates that Forgiven was a big positive. But how do you see a roster uh, like this work long term? There's never been a case where Forgiven has lo- worked with a team longer than a split, except the Copenhagen Wolves case when he was working with Young Buck, with Unlimited, and so forth. So this is what I'm worried about. I think short term they can do well. And if th- things start to go bad, I think you're going to start, start to have to point fingers. Mm-hmm. Also, the reputation Dylan Falco has is he's more of a analytical mind yep. instead of like a leader of men and I think uh, maybe this is what is going to be needed to handle a situation like they have over in Schalke I think in the beginning they're going to rack up a lot of victories so if I rate Schalke at the beginning of the split I would put them A tier coming into playoffs okay, okay. coming into playoffs later in the season I would put them C that's interesting well then I'm going to hold off on I'm going I'm to set Schalke aside then we can yeah. continue this discussion, but I'll set Schalke aside and we can talk about rating them A tier. Because I, I don't think that's wrong. Like, I think that's where we're at. Just the beginning. Just well, we the beginning. we can agree. Like, I agree. C tier and a split. Like, I, I don't yeah. see it holding through. And I mean, this is just... This roster is a cocktail. There are a lot of people on this team with a lot of crazy potential. We've seen Odoamne at his best is awesome. I think Dreams is an incredibly yeah. good, aggressive support. He He's also a really good fit. Yeah, he also makes mistakes a lot, but... I mean, if Forgiven and Dreams are, like, patient with each other and they work and they have, like, a good personal dynamic, I can see that being a top three bot lane easy. Yeah, like, Forgiven, his history is that he has leveled up every support that he played with. Yeah. Like, he played with Enrated, Unlimited, Vander. He played with Hybrid, but I think Hybrid was just unmotivated. Like, it was, like, for three weeks only. That was, like, it doesn't even count. Yep. Edward, he also leveled him up when he played. Mm. Forgiven, I spoke to Unlimited about Forgiven, and he told me that... The unique part and the special thing about Forgiven is the fact that he works so hard to build a relationship with his supports. And knowing Dreams, he was our sub at the World Championship. Yeah. Knowing him, I think this is a great match. I don't think there's going to be any conflicts there. Dreams is like a sponge in terms of soaking information. Yeah. I think Dreams needs to work on his laning because his game knowledge and where to be is very good. And I think when it reaches a similar heights of what Forgiven used to be in the past, it can be very powerful. But still... I mentioned in the previous podcast, Forgiven, the, the the things that were considered unique about them are no longer unique. This is something that a lot of AD carries have. This is not a time where, you know, maybe in the past years you could say Reckless plays rather safe. He plays for Farm and waits for Huni to TP bot. This is no longer the case. Reckless is a carnivore. He yeah. eats people alive on bot. So that's going to be super exciting because I remember there was the drama with Forgiven and Reckless back in, I think, 2016 when, like, Freeze, for some reason, he was injured. He was calling out Reckless. I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you're benched and you're injured and you're calling out Reckless. Then Reckless defend themselves and Forgiven, he's a very loyal man. Yeah. They called him out and there was, like, the best of five. They went 3-0 for HK. That's super exciting because <laughs> always with Forgiven, there's so many storylines. There are. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like, and I want to clarify, like from like the one or two conversations I've had with Forgiven. I mean, he's been nothing but polite and respectable. And the thing is, yeah. he's been gone for three years. Yeah, he's been in the military. He's played on a ton of different teams. He could be a completely different person. Yeah, for sure. We, I mean, I've heard rumors that the, you know, the like he's adjusting to the new champions in meta. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I memed about Caitlyn. He favored at that tweet. So yeah. maybe he's still playing it. Maybe not. We don't know. Yeah, it's but, like the perfect time. Though. It was the yeah. crit meta and and so forth. I think it's a good time. I just feel it's, it's so silly because in the past I compared him to Conor McGregor. Yeah. Now Conor McGregor's back. He's doing like this resurgence and everything is yeah. coming back now. And it's a similar time. Given his Conor the Conor McGregor. <laughs> see. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, like that's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, you kind of this is almost a roster you want to believe in because the stories are so good. Like whether or not you're a fan of Gilius, this is a sweet redemption story. Yeah. You know, um, Dreams is a guy who I think hasn't nearly got enough appreciation. Odawamne is like kind of the cranky old man of top lane, especially with Soaz gone. I feel like he's in sole possession of the cranky old man in top lane title. <laughs> um, and Chachi too. Um, miss you, Vizzy. Um, but yeah, it's a roster you want to believe in, but also you would never bet on. I feel like. It's- in the beginning, money, money, money. Yeah, in the, but in the long term, yeah. nah, this is this is we'll see. Like we'll some see. meta shift, some bans. It's like maybe Schalke gets sent to an IEM, and then like some Tiger <laughs> team just bans three champions, and that is like the recipe for disaster. <laughs> History repeats itself. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? All right, uh, any, do you want to go for next for a C or a B tier? So far, the only one we've really like we've got Schalke on the side. We're gonna see where we end up with Schalke. Vitality, I agree with you. I'll put Vitality in C because I had them B tier. So so far we have D tier, SK, C tier, C tier, Vitality, and Schalke. Kind of to be determined. Um, I guess keeping it simple, XL I put on C as well. Yeah. I think, uh, honestly, I think Kadrol was really good. 
Last year? I agree. Yeah, he was in my top 20. He was, I think, 18. I think uh, he was doing a lot of good thing, things for his team. He's figuring, figuring out the role, and I think he had a lot of good early games, which you can't say about every team in the LEC. They didn't know how to close. They didn't know how to play beyond that. And now he has a better roster than before. So I think uh, definitely Excel can be a team that might be difficult to beat because I think in terms of fundamentals, they can be really good. But then always, always the teams that win the LEC are the teams that have the players that have insane fundamentals and can be super flashy. So I can't imagine Excel winning anything, but I can imagine them winning games against even potentially the best. Yeah, well, the construction crew uh, voices their agreement by banging whatever the hell that is that's not a hammer. <laughs> I don't know what that. Is. I need to look into what people actually do for construction work. There's some stuff that I don't understand. Berlin construction work. <laughs> is it 7 a.m.? Um, yeah. So I thought Cajor was really good. I think Expect is really good too, and I feel pretty confident in that top side of the map. And then the bottom side of the map is like an interesting story. You know, Forgiven feels like a redemption story in the sense that he's had kind of these great moments. Whereas like for Mickey, for Patrick, and for Torre, formerly North Scarin, um this is like these are three guys that have been seen certain highs. Mickey not as much recently, but like Patrick's been close, but never really been considered top for any extended period of time. Tori was on that splice roster, and while he was solid, he obviously had a lot of laning problems. And so I'm just this bottom half of the map is a big question, but also like a huge potential to be better. Like I think that bot lane can be better. I want to believe in Mickey. I think because of his LCK legacy, but we haven't. And we saw brief glimmers of hope in the regular season, but also, once again, his name that just hasn't shown us so much in so long. I, for me, what I'm thinking about as well is, is Youngbuck. Because Youngbuck has always been working with rosters that are filled with superstars. And I think this is going to be a complete change of pace for him because I think his role needs to be very different in this team. Mm. The impression that I'm getting is uh, Youngbuck seems to be very good in terms of um, uh, working on the culture of the team. Of course, I'm completely, this is just speculation. Yeah, I'm yeah. Watching, watching Fnatic Legends and just dissecting it. And of course, I won't be able to know. I'm just speculating always when it comes to coaches. But uh, this is going to be a very different challenge for him. And I think um, with, the, with, this, with these players, I feel like it's more of a st uh, kind of strategic cha uh, challenge that they need to attack in order to teach the, the players to, to grow faster. I think that's going to be a very different cha challenge for, for Youngbok. So I'm curious. Yeah. I'm very curious. To me, it feels... Um, if they had a Mithy, I feel like that would be a better fit almost, you know? Yeah, someone like a little bit more of the player kind of leadership yeah. experience. More of the reputation as the, uh, in this case for Mithy, an analytical mind. Not the young book isn't, just the reputation. Once again, we don't know. Speculation there on the side of the coaching staff. Um, to me, I, I, this to me is very similar to Vitality in the sense that there are a few components that I like. And there are a lot of components that I am unsure of. The difference for Vitality, I think, when wide rate, even Vitality slightly higher is... Uh, Cabo's great, and the unknown quantities to me are un unknown, whereas the known quantities here are anywhere from pretty good to good to eh, <laughs> underwhelming, or Mickey in his worst day, straight up like trolling, right? And that's not really where you want to be at the start of the split, so I'll, I'll kind of put them in the same box. I think Spring Split is a, a building split. Maybe they make it to B, but I think, I think C is, yeah, absolutely fair starting spot for Excel. The one that really interests me, and I'm curious where you put them, I have them in C, uh, is, is Mad Lions. This is a team that I've heard a lot of people being really excited about, a lot of young rookie names. Um, we've obviously seen Humanoid. We know Humanoid. Arome's got a few games under his belt on the LEC stage, and if you're an EU Masters fan, there's a, there's a lot to look at here in terms of VODs. But um, where, what do you, where's your, where do you feel like uh, Mad Lions are at right now? What are your thoughts on this team? I think... Um I think more than the other two teams that we mentioned on the C tier, I feel like Mad Lions could have higher chances of breaking out. Because mm. I feel like in the roster alone, uh, the, the the joke I made with, I don't remember who, I said that this is a roster that might have future G2 members. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of uh, potential here, and potential is always the key word when you bring in rookies. We don't oh, know how the they manage. Word. We don't know how they manage the uh, the pressure of the stage. We don't know how um, uh, Mac is going to do as a head coach. I know Peter Dunn is very good at his scouting, so I think you can put a lot of trust in that because he watches all of the leagues. I remember like reading tweets about oh, this, there's this player in the jungles of Ziguateneo. I was like, what the hell? Who's this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter, like, I have like, a conversation with Peter Dunn. He's like, oh, have you heard of this player? And I was like. 
no. Yeah, like, that- play him in whatever solo queue game. It's like, no, he's played in this league, this league, and this league. I'm like, there are leagues in that country? And he's like, yes. I'm like, oh, I mean, the man is a, I think has a deserved pretty good, or deserved good yeah, reputation for scouting. Super smart. And this is this is a guy, I, I really wanted to work with him in the past. I tried to get him to my team. Uh, <laughs> the I truth comes that. out. <laughs> and um, I think I have a lot of trust in that. And Peter Dunn and his ability to 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 work with these guys and uh, definitely push them in a specific direction because I think a lot of the flaws of Splice in the past when they were like oh they can only play late game is because I think that's what the roster allowed them to do yeah. and I think this is something that people miss misconstrue sometimes it was the same like well Vitality cannot play macro they can just play aggressive whereas this is like the the, the choices that you have to make in order to yeah. maximize right because it was weird because people say that. I don't know macro, and I was like, look back at Splice, it was only macro, we didn't fight at all. It was like, we lane swap, and that, that's it. You know, you have to make choices. And I think with this roster, definitely Peter Dunn can, um, can do well. So I think I would put it in C. Yeah. But I think this is a team that could make like a breakout run and potentially uh, beat the best of the best, potentially. And that's the thing, is I think that like anyone who, I would be, I think you'd be hard pressed when you look at these rosters that have been mostly rebuilt or have these huge rebuilding splits um, that don't have like a huge history of successful players to put anyone above B tier. I'd be surprised if anyone is like Mad Lions A tier. Like I think that to me is an, is high risk. It's a crime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't, I don't think you can have that faith in new players on stage because like, for example, like we think about Han Sama, challenger scene, dominant, challenger playoffs, kind of choked it, came into the league, meh. Then, insane. Similar story for Upset in this case, you know. Obviously just smashing, monstering. Then got bodied by Attila. Then came to the league and couldn't play league really well for, like, the first entire season. Then started getting back to that top form. And I think it's just impossible to 100% bet with confidence on rookies until you've seen them on stage. And obviously EU matches is a different level of stage, but I still think the same rules apply. Yeah, I'm glad that you bring this up because everyone's hyping rookies. Like, rookies have worked, like... Sure, we had like like 2018, Vitality, full rookie, whatever. Or there was rookies have been almost romanticized about, you know, like, oh, rookies are going to dominate everything. And there's going to, like, honestly, we need to remind ourselves there are going to be some of these rookies are going to be terrible. They're going to play one split, two splits, and never be seen from again. That is the harsh truth. We have a lot of rookies. Some of them are going to be great. Some of them are going to be bad. But I'm just happy that the teams that are supposed to challenge the top, they're taking risks because that's yeah. what it is. They're taking risks. And the same when we are judging them, we're also taking some risks here, right? True. And I think that I would always prefer this world than the one we were in in, let's say, 2016, 2017. Yeah, or NA. Yeah, or we're just recycling old talent yeah, or names yeah, yeah. that haven't won. And we're not worried about, like, as a league, right, speaking generally for, for all teams, and I don't know all their philosophies, but I'm going to make some assumptions here that, like, constantly pushing to contest the GTs in the field. Yeah, it's yeah. the obligation, right? It's the obligation. It's like if you are at the bottom, you need to do something crazy. You can't just recycle the same guys that were beaten by the top guys over and over. You just change one guy, take him from the other team. That's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy this happens. And I think that's the opposite of what's happening in North America, but that's a whole different conversation. Whole different conversation. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see how the splits and the imports go over in the LCS. Um, the next team I want to bring up, this could be B. This could be C. Uh, I've heard some positive rumors about scrims, so I'm tempted to put them in B. But once again, a difficult bet. Misfits. Absolute freaking disaster last year. Just a, just the biggest mess of a year I think we've potentially ever seen in the modern era of League of Legends. <laughs> Shout out to Misfits. Love you, Ben. Um, but just brutal year. Yeah. On all accounts. Now they're rebuilding. We've got Dan Dan. We've got Razork, Razor K. I like Razor K personally. I'm assuming it's Razork. Ronaldo slash Fevin in the mid lane, Bivoy and Denike. And a new coach as well. And this is like you got amazing behind the scenes too. Obviously the Moose is in a more managerial role, so he's not quite as involved. But honestly, this is the team I have the least information on. So if you want to put it somewhere, I'll trust you. I I know very little about this team. I honestly think we can round out C tier with these guys because the thing is, is I thought Dan Dan was was pretty good. Yeah, Dan Dan is good. Um, Febivin was monstering in the show matches that they played versus Excel, but like, <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Um, and I think Febivin is a player with a potential is such a crap word, but potential. You know, this is a guy that has proven that he has a solid ceiling, but has also very often just been middle of the pack. Um, 
I just think that with some players, there's no way, shape or form, you're going to imagine a Fabian that goes to MSI and just full solo kills Faker. Yeah, that's not going to happen ever again. And I think I I struggle with players like this. Like I personally, I like working with players where you see you don't see the ceiling yet. That's mm. that's exciting. And when I uh, uh, I guess they have Ronaldo that went from support to mid lane. He used to play mid lane in the past. I, I know very little about these guys. I'm happy to admit that and. Uh, I hope they can surprise me. So whatever you put, I trust you. Uh, you I think they, they round out C tier. C tier um, is filled with... with C tier has four teams. So we can move on to B. I think this is where we really got to start looking at it because this is where it gets a little bit tighter. So we have, once again, rounding out for anyone not keeping up with the tier list, and we'll post this online, so there's probably a helpful graphic to follow along. Mm -hmm. But Schalke remains currently unrated uh, because we need to decide where they go. Imana's arguments about them coming out the gates sprinting were compelling. D tier, SK... C tier, Vitality, XL, Mad Lions, Misfits Gaming. Um, yeah, that feels good. The question is, so for me, reminder, S tier is like the best of the best. I think we all know who's going to go there, but yep. <laughs> we'll wait on it. Um, a tier are the people that we expect to contest that, like kind of right off the bat. And then um, B tier is they're going to make playoffs. We're confident they're going to make playoffs. Will they go further than that? So the question is, who are we confident in that's going to make playoffs if it's not SK, Vitality, Excel, Mad, or Misfits. Is this where we drop Schalke? You had them on A tier, or is there another team that you got your eyes on? So, like, in A tier, um, it's also depending on the, the point in the season. So, like, throughout the whole season, I would put Fnatic alone in A tier. Because I just think that with time, they're going to be uh, uh, above the rest in some shape or form. I think when it's, when it's going to matter in the best of five, if Fnatic is facing any of the other teams besides yeah. G2, you're betting on Fnatic. 100%. Over. So it doesn't feel right for me to put Fnatic in the same tier as the others. But I think in the regular season, they're going to drop a lot of games. You know? I think, let's talk about it. I think Fnatic B tier might be spot on. Because let's look at all the times that Fnatic have rebuilt and then just bombed for half to a full split, only to monster playoffs. Now, if the question is, are Fnatic going to monster playoffs? Are Fnatic going to contest for top two, top three? The answer is yes. Like, I, I don't think anyone can doubt that. The track record is too long. Even with Young Buck leaving, even like Mithy stepping in as coach, regardless of what you think about their changes, Fnatic is a team that always figures it out when it counts. That history is long enough that we can't doubt that. But coming into the split, let's talk about Fnatic's last year because it was not, it was a bit of a mess, you know? Like, they tried to force Garen Yumi, then Garen Yumi got nerfed. They still tried to play it anyway. They kind of nemesis ram jam twisted fate and it worked for them and they kept doing that. Um, but like, what does this what does this team look like now with Broxagon, and has this actually solved any of the problems that they had as a team? Now, problems is a tough word because obviously they went to ten games against G two, but there's still problems. I think the biggest issue was that they were there was no diversity in the way they played. They always played through bottom, and that's what worked. And the way they played through bottom was kind of mastered. So that's something that they're going to lose here. I think with Hillisang and Reckless and their knowledge of bottom, I think that's going to be something that comes with time. But the way they played through bottom was masterful. Like they beat FPX in one game that G2 didn't manage to do through playing through bot. They managed to get ahead on Kaiser. They gave uh, Reckless was playing an AD carry that actually could do something and everything was good. Right? So I think this is something that they're going to lose. But the gain here to be done is that finally maybe we'll see a Bipo 2v2 together with Selfmade, right? Because there was this game where he played Rengar and he solo killed Gimgun, but nothing happened with it. Because That's he kept true. playing through bottom, and bottom matchup was into Varus Tam, and you couldn't do anything to, to kind of knock yeah. it off. So I think they are gaining the potential of versatility here. And I think with Mithy's game knowledge and having this mixture of players, it's almost like this mixture of players, they're almost too good to fail, you know? Yeah. They have... There are professionals here and there are question marks in regards to what the team culture will be because there's no young buck, Mithy stepping in. But I think it is going to be easy to remind each and one of them, like, what are we here for? We're here to improve because this is what is working for G2 so well, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is very well aware and they are unified in the idea of what they want to accomplish. And I think uh, in this Fnatic roster, what we need to hope for is that there is trust between them. And I think this is what something was missing in the previous years. And it's previous year only. Year. Yeah. And and I like that you bring up the versatility. I was that game like hurt to watch. The the solo kill on Game Goon and then just no resources put top lane. That game was brutal. You're like, where's the dive? Where's literally anything? And it just didn't yeah. happen. And you know that, that that stems from greater issues behind the scenes yeah. when you can't read the map, when you can't adjust like that, right? And I'm not trying to throw Brox under the bus, right? I'm not sure where that issue comes from, yeah. but self made has or was 
I mean, probably the best overall performing player on SK Gaming. Obviously, Crownshot had a few moments. Obviously, like the whole Dreams had a few great moments, but that was um, the self-made team. And now how does he fit into Fnatic, where he's no longer playing with rookies and gets potentially doesn't get to be the star of the show anymore and instead has to, I don't know, follow Reckless around play through bottom? Uh, it's just like why I'm so hyped for self-made is because I remember every time before we face SK, we research SK and like there were games we lost against SK when on paper we were just better, but self-made just made every right decision. Reviewing his gameplay just made every right decision, hovered behind the right guy at the right time, whether it was Gen X or, uh, or, or bottom lane, and you just can't imagine a place where uh, the players that were on SK are the ones directing him. I think this is... It's been self-made, you know. It's, it's, yeah. it's all him, you know. <laughs> and, uh, it's kind of poetic because he won the, the the two games against Fnatic, you know, with the Sejuani flick onto Reckless in in mid lane at the beginning of uh, of last year. I mean, I still remember that highlight. I still bring it up. I was gonna bring it up if you didn't. It was just a great moment. <laughs> so it's just it's, it's it's good. It's good. I think I think self-made has a lot of potential, but big personality. I think uh, it can work though. He's no longer like a big fish in a small pond. You yeah. have five big fishes in an ocean, so it's, it's cool. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully it's five big fishes in an ocean. You never know how small <laughs> that pond's going to get, right? And I, I, I think, yeah, once again, end of season, we know this team, top three, top four, no question, potentially top two, potentially another double back-to-back -back best of five with G2. It could happen. Probably will happen. But right now, it's not there for me. So Fnatic is going to be the sole B-tier team Oh, soul beat it. Well, so what we had Vitality C, Excel C, Mad Tier, Misfits, SK, and D Tier. Or are they not, Yamato? There are three teams remaining. We have Rogue, Origin, uh, Schalke, and uh, G2. So four teams remaining. So G2S, this is, we can throw it. <laughs> we'll talk about G2 when we get to S tier. But yeah, G2, <laughs> okay. no one's surprised. Yes, yes. So beginning of the season, I'm with you. Fnatic B. End of the season, A, we agree, right? Yep. Okay, so no one can say, oh, Fnatic fans are going to come after us otherwise, you know? We're going to take a break, though, before <laughs> A and S tier. So my question is, does, does Rogue need to be B tier? Does OG need to be B tier? Does Schalke need to be B tier? Is Schalke going to be better than Fnatic at the start of the split? Cause that's at big. the start of the split, I think yes. Okay. Only Who, at the start. Who's there with them? Is the OG rebuilding? Or is no one with them? They're going to have three teams in A tier. I think, uh, f for me... In terms of who is coming out of the gate swinging and doing the best in the beginning, I just put an A tier. I put Schalke, Rogue, and Origin. Schalke, Rogue, and Origin. Yeah. Because I, I think they're going to start at the highest level, and then I think it is, I'm going to move most of them down. All right. Like at the end of the split season, I'm going to put Origin, Rogue at B, but an A, Fnatic, and then Schalke even further down. That's how I view it. All right. Well, when we come back, we take a look at Rogue, Origin, Schalke, No Fear, a little bit more in-depth, as well as G2, the last four remaining teams for the A and S tier on our start of spring split tier list. Do you find yourself struggling with toxic teammates? Are your laners flaming you for taking that cannon creep? Do you want to run it down on Disco Nunu in peace? then boy, do we have the product for you. Introducing Mute All. Backslash Mute All is the newest state-of-the-art communications technology from Riot Games. With nine easy keystrokes made between two presses of the enter button, you too can play in absolute silence, removing all forms of communication between you and your teammates in an instant. Remember, if they wanted you to work together, they wouldn't call it solo queue. Mmm. Welcome back. Uh, before the break, we got through B tier, which uh, brings us to SK in D, Vitality in C, XL, Mad Misfits, uh, all going to be in C, Fnatic in B. And now we get into the A tier. And before we left, Yamato, you came out swinging Rogue, Origin, Schalke, all in A tier to start the split. So let's put the final nail in the old Schalke coffin. Let's let's sit this down. You 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 believe Schalke hitting the ground running, no doubt. Do you have like do you have some scrim rumors do you have is it just the particular nature of these kind of players because you, you've worked with explosive players before in the past what is it that gives you this faith in in a tier Schalke I, th I think uh, just just based off of the beginning of the split I need to 
keep repeating keep saying that because someone's going to see a team with forgiven yeah. Gilius on it and they're going to be like how could you possibly put just, this team in a tier just the beginning of the splits I just think that they're going to have a very fundamental and basic way of playing the game and I think the people the teams that are one dimensional always do better at the beginning of splits we've seen it with Schalke in the past they're also very strong at the beginning of the split and then they start to drop a lot of games even with the opposite alteration and this is very similar right i expect this team to also be one dimensional and i think in terms of practice when you have very limited time let's say they've practiced a total of uh, one month together let's uh, give that uh, approximate and uh, uh, if they kept practicing the same way the same patterns i think is going to be uh, good for them so let's say dreams forgiven and and uh, and, uh, and Gilius are always playing through bottom and controlling the map and they have a clear pathway to victory. I think this is how you uh, rack up wins at the beginning of the season. You simplify, play as one dimension as possible. And I think this is also something that will hurt you the longer you go. Mm. That's why I'm rating Fnatic lower because I think they want to be a versatile team. I think they are planning ahead because they want to eventually challenge G2 for the final game. Because we saw the adjustments from Fnatic last year yeah. when they were starting to do all of these crazy picks. They dropped the Karma and the Pike and all of a sudden they were trying to swing in a way that G2 was swinging. And I think as a Fnatic, the way I view it is how do we plan this entire split in order to beat G2 in the final best of five? And I think they don't, they're not going to start the split. We need wins. Let's just play through bottom. This works. And then just be the same team. I don't think this is going to happen. That's also, I mean, in my opinion, giving them a lot of credit. I also think it's just going to be hard to make a team. It's hard to make a team like Fnatic work. It's a lot of big brands, big personalities, best players in Europe. And unlike this G2 environment where everything seems to be all about friendship all the time for the mm -hmm. most part. Like, I think these are, this is not the same environment that Fnatic has um, from kind of an outside perspective. Maybe that's wrong. So I think we both agree they're going to lose games, I think, for different reasons. But I do agree, their eye is on beating G2, 100%. And for Schalke, I think you're right. I think any time you come into a season, if you just play what you know and you play it well and your eye is not on being the best team you can be but getting wins on the board, you're going to do well. And that I agree. That feels like where, where Schalke's at. Rogue, this is a team that I did not have faith in and kind of continued to not have faith in until they proved me wrong by just continuously winning and beating very good teams domestically. Um, obviously a bit of a shame that their playoff run was cut short the way that it was versus Schalke, but they've upgraded. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. Han Sama in the bottom lane and overall a very smart, very young team. Another clear example of where this rookie hype comes from, whether it's uh, as great as people make it out to be or not. Rogue is a clear example of that. So what's, what's your kind of read on Rogue? I've heard good things. I've seen good things. Uh, I think I'm, I'm really hyped on Larsen and inspired. I think they were on the right path to, to, to play 2v2 mid. I love 2v2 mid. Teams that Me play too. 2v2 mid, it's just the best. Like the, the lane in mid crashes 10 seconds earlier, so you have a big advantage there if you go from there. And I think that's huge. Mm. I think that's the first step. I think they have like the right recipe of players. Vander with the veteranship. Uh, Hansama coming in just as a mechanical beast. And um, uh, Finn with a lot of room to grow. I think uh, just because they've changed so little, and every one of them still seems so freaking motivated because of how things were dropped last year. I think they're coming in hungrier than ever. I think the same thing can be said for Hansama after that disappointing year. Uh, so I just have uh, high hopes for them. But I can still imagine a world where everything falls apart. But I am more on the side where they are one of the teams to beat. I agree. And I think this is a team that, short of disaster, I expect to be... Not just start of the split, but end of the split, I expect to be contesting yeah. top three. Yeah. Kind of either sitting right outside of it or keeping other people out of it. Yeah. Um, and potentially more. Because this is, since the Vitality roster that you had in kind of 2018 spring, I think the most promising set of rookies. And, and in a very different way. You had a very explosive team. This team feels uh, a little bit more balanced. And I'm curious if it can if it can still carry through, if they can continue to improve, because the expectations have definitely only gone up. Even if they had swapped nothing, I think expectations would have gone up. Yeah. Adding Hansama just makes it that much more clear. Uh, which brings us to the last team in A tier, uh, and that's Origin. And Origin is interesting. I think everyone would say upgrades outside of the support position. Yeah. Um, Destiny is... Mithy was obviously a historic name, but regardless, Destiny is just an unknown and uh, where, where, where are you at on this team? Because, like, on, on paper, I feel like it looks so incredibly strong. But also, like, it's, this is another cocktail team for a very different reason. Where it's like, you know, Schalke was explosive and a lot of big personalities. This team is just like, this is all, like, kind of honestly the weird 
the weird players. Nuketuk's a guy who's been all over the place. Thursday's also a guy who's been kind of all over the place. How far he looked really great in the lane, but could never really transition that into carrying games. And Destiny's Australian. <laughs> I don't even know why he's here, but he's here. <laughs> Welcome. I mean, it's just it's an odd it's an odd group. Yeah, I, I think when I look at their team and I just I just look at their top side together with mid top jungle and I think it's the, the skill cap there is crazy. I agree with that. I think Xerxes, that there is a world where you can call him like uh, like mechanically he's insane. Agree. I think he's no longer the the goofy jungler that's playing Warwick and Ivern and Zack. But that's yeah. the thing that I love is that he still has that, right? And like yeah, that's yeah. I think his strength because he's also the guy who's busting out the Silas early on. He's busting out the Karthus. But it's not like out of left field goofy. Yeah, it's yeah. like it can work kind of goofy. Because it's like he's been dropping some Elise games. He's been dropping some Lee Sin games and Olaf games, you know? He's been stepping to the criticism that was pointed in his direction. So I think this this top side is going to be crazy because before I felt like Origin, you know, just to, to paint the story, like Spring Split... They went to finals, got beaten by G2, got stomped by G2. And then summer split, they didn't even get the playoffs. It was a complete disaster. It was a complete shit show. Everyone was like, yeah, Origin's going to bounce back. Origin's going to bounce back. And it's like, week now, it's like, yeah, they can't bounce back. And it was too late. I still believe that they are, but mathematically, <laughs> it's actually impossible. And they're just actually out. They're not allowed to participate in playoffs. But we it, believe. We believe, yes. So it, 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 it kind of left a weird taste in my mouth the mm -hmm. last split, but I don't want to take too much away from it because I do think they've made uh, really, really big upgrades in Xerxes and Upset. Destiny question mark, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and I think Origins topside will just be monstrous and I think Upset will be uh, good in any situation that you put him in. He can play APs, he can play ADs, he can play safe side, he can play aggressive side. I think he's very versatile and very solid. And Alfari, man, Alfari, the, the things he managed to do without a jungler yeah. was crazy good. And I, I talked to Wonder about this when I was making my top 20 list because I was like, hey, like, I wanted to ask questions about Worlds, right? Because, like, Worlds was a question mark. How much of this is actually indicative of greater performance? And he, he talked to me about the other top players. I thought it was great. And he talked a lot about Alfari mm -hmm. as a guy who adjusts well to any matchup that he's put in as a guy that can not always win lane, but he can lose gracefully. And when he wins, he wins hard. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what you want, I think, out of a lane that is very often isolated. Plays everything. Plays everything. And my skepticism comes from the fact that, like, he had counter... His stats are really inflated by the fact that he had counterpicked so often. And when your counterpick is vain into more, you're just up 60 CS, and that ruins your CS stats for the rest of the split, right? But if that guy can start to carry games where he's given lane advantages, whether that's through champ select or through team dynamic, whatever he needs, ideally keeping him away from AD Kennen, putting him back on the AP Kennen. Um, yeah, he's a monster. He's, nope. been, he's, he's, he's good. I think my biggest criticism towards him is how he manages his impact on the map in later parts. I think he developed some bad habits when he played in Misfits, when he had this habit where, for example, let's say he was playing Camille, he was 3-0, could 1v1 anyone side, and he just had the habit of making a slow push and going into mid, when in reality he should have obtained more, which is something a Wunder would do or Kabushat would do. But in terms of laning, uh, probably one of the best, but in terms of how he impacts the game later on, always kind of a question mark. And I think this is something that Nuktak always did better, so they always pushed him in that direction. But I think Alfari definitely needs to learn, uh, you know, how to actually win games as a top laner. You know, he needs to maybe spam some Trindamir and, you know, yeah. figure out how to win games with Trindamir because that's just spit-pushing in all the way. And I think this is uh, where uh, where I lay, uh, like where, where I have the question mark when I looked at my tier list as well, top 20, mm -hmm. where I put Cabo and Wonder above him is because they know how to win games. True. I mean, we saw that on Vitality. And I think for me, um, Origin is in a similar bucket on paper to Fnatic in the sense that while they don't have the history and the pedigree, really, if this team does not make playoffs, it is a catastrophic failure. There is, there is no way this team should not make playoffs. Like, this team should at least make it to round two of playoffs. Anything less than that, I think, would be massive disappointment, even for a brand-new roster, just because on tier list, they have, you know, second or third at worst in all their positions outside of support. Yeah. In, in just about every single role. It's just looking like at off-season, like what were the biggest names that you could grab? It was like Upset, Kobe, I guess, and and, and, and Xerxes. They were the biggest names that didn't have teams and uh, Origin hit the jackpot. And if uh, if they screw that up, then <laughs> holy moly. Yeah. It will be fun for us. <laughs> I, I can't wait. This season, I feel like, it's going to be so full of drama. All these rookie teams make every single prediction that much spicier. Yeah, best of ones as well. It's so like... many unknowns. Yeah, the definitive teller of who is the best. At the end of the week one, we'll know who the best teams are. Who's ever won two games? Definitely the best. Um, last team, G2. 
G2, the undisputed best team in Europe, I think. I would hope that everyone can still agree, despite the land swap. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about G2, but I do want to get your two cents on on this land swap. How much does it hurt them? How much does it help them in the future? What's what's the deal with the land swap? Because at the end of the day, if you don't understand why G2 is S-tier, just watch all of last year. There's a ton of content. Um, they won MSI. They got to finals even if they got smacked. This is probably the strongest team Europe has ever created. But they've made some interesting decisions, let's say, to swap back after the best year that they've ever had and now have Caps back in mid... Or Caps back in... Caps for the first time in bot lane. <laughs> Perks back in mid lane. My God, that was difficult. Um, yeah. So what are your thoughts? I think... Um Still, regardless of cap swapping or not, I still think that they can grind out victories with with four members only, you know? I feel like sometimes I could sub myself in into a, any position and we would still win. I've games, had that thought too, you know? Yes. I think everyone's had that <laughs> dream, you know? Like, <laughs> They're like, this team is so good, I could play an LAC. Yeah, yeah for sure. And like the the, uh, the IG owner who just <laughs> subbed himself. Yeah, like the hot dog thing. It's crazy. And it's, 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 it's just... Um, because sometimes we see G2 and sometimes their members are also, also sometimes running it down. And they're allowed to, right? Yeah. So even if Caps runs it down a little bit, it won't matter. I'm sure he's going to pop off some games where he like, like locks in set. And it's like, apparently set is a bot laner. And every bot laner in LEC is like, ah, you know, maybe that happens. It's a nightmare bot lane to play against, I'm sure. Not, not even sure. if they suck, it's a nightmare because you just don't know what they're going to play. Yeah, this is going to be cocktail. And then maybe, like, maybe behind the scenes, we don't, don't know. Maybe Paris is going to randomly play bot in the game. Like maybe oh Zaya gets locked in. Does he play it? We don't know. Okay, and then all of a sudden Cavs goes back in the mid yeah, in the middle of the game. They have this option. Yeah, as if G two champ selects weren't hard enough to cast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's going to be a weird year. Um, we're obviously going to talk more about G two. G two is a team we inevitably talk a lot about if they continue to win, and we might even talk more if they start to lose. Wouldn't that be an yeah. excellent twist to the season? <laughs> um, you can catch the first day of the. That's our cheer list. Let's recap briefly as we do have the final list. Let me scroll up. Thank you, Depa, for filling it out for us. D tier. Depa's our producer, for anyone at home wondering. D tier. SK. Sorry, SK. C tier. Vitality. XL. Mad Lions. Misfits. B tier. Just for the start of the split, angry Fnatic fans. It is Fnatic. A tier. Rogue, Origin, and Schalke. And S tier. Undisputed Kings of Europe. It is G2. Of course, if you want to see if we're right or wrong, you need to watch the LEC Spring Split. It's starting with Ready Check at 5 p.m. That's an hour Ready Check. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. And we'll be back with the next episode of Euphoria next Thursday at noon. You can listen to it during your lunch break, on your way home. Watch it while you're doing something else on the other monitor. In the in the meantime, it looks like we've got to uh, yeah continue packing up the set and working towards our, our new set in the weeks to come. <laughs>